Welcome to episode 8 of Sport Oregon Voices. This podcast gives you an insider's look at upcoming events and shares the unique stories that prove there's no better place in the world for sports than here in Oregon. This episode is all about Special Olympics Oregon. Fresh off its 50th anniversary in 2022, Special Olympics Oregon uses sports to grow the acceptance and inclusion of children and adults with intellectual disabilities. Today, we're joined by the COO of Special Olympics Oregon, Mark Hankin, CEO Britt Oase, and athlete Lucy Balthazar to discuss all of the exciting programming coming up this year. If you want sport at the highest level, we've got you. Welcome to Episode 8 of Sport Oregon Voices. Welcome to Episode 8 of Sport Oregon Voices. We're here in Beaverton at the Special Olympics Oregon State Office to talk about Special Olympics Oregon and all of the exciting programming coming up in 2023. Special Olympics Oregon uses sports to grow acceptance and inclusion of children and adults with intellectual disabilities. I'm Mark Hankin, COO of Special Olympics Oregon. I'm joined today by CEO Britt Owis and Special Olympics Oregon athlete Lucy Baltazar. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you for Good having to be us. Here. Yeah, we're excited. Um, we really appreciate Sport Oregon giving us the opportunity to uh, share a little of our story and exciting news about 2023. Uh, first off, let's start, Lucy, with you. Can you give us a little bit of the background? Um, tell us how long you've been with the program, your favorite sports? Sure, my name is Lucy Fengsan Baltazar and I'm currently 26 years old. And my favorite sports are downhill skiing, unified basketball, track and field, and swimming. And I've been with Special Olympics Oregon. I joined the unified team in high school and pursued that through college and just been doing it ever since. Awesome. I know we're going to talk a little bit more about your past accomplishments and more recent accomplishments in a little while. First though, Britt, I'd like to uh, catch up a little with you. Give us your background on how you got connected with Special Olympics Oregon. I won't ask you your age, but if you can give us some background on your experiences. <laughs> um, yeah, sport has always been a really integral part of my life. Um, I've always been an athlete, never a star athlete, but uh, I love soccer, I still play. And um, I was able to turn my love of sport into a career. Um, I'm from Minnesota. I spent 10 years working for the Minnesota Vikings, 10 years for the Timberwolves and Lynx, um, two years for Super Bowl, and then got my dream job here in Oregon. And in 2018, I joined Special Olympics Oregon and absolutely love waking up every day knowing that my job is to go to work on behalf of athletes like Lucy. Um, to make sure that sport is an opportunity for everybody to um, grow and excel and, and find ways to be their best self. So that's what I get to do. Awesome. Well, um, I too am lucky enough to work here and enjoy sharing in a passion for sport. I've been lucky enough to work with Special Olympics, the movement for nearly 25 years. I started my career in Texas and uh, have been with Special Olympics Oregon since 2003. And so really excited to talk about this upcoming year. But before we talk about 2023, let's take a look back at 2022. It was SOAR's 50th anniversary. So we started in 1972. And uh, what were some of the milestones and uh, events that you want to highlight today, Britt? When I, when I knew you were going to ask that question, I actually made notes because there's so many. So pardon my glancing down every now and then. There's so much that happened over the last year. Um, we kicked off with Henry Meese, one of our athletes participating 
in the X Games in snowboarding, unified snowboarding, and so um, thrilled for him to be able to do that. He's a five-time medalist and was invited to return again in 2023. Um, we had our polar plunge season, of course, last February. Um, had a record-breaking year, and we made over $500,000 um, to support our sports training and, and competition programming um, by brave people running into the river and um, raising money for Special Olympics. Uh, we had our 50th anniversary celebration um, for, with a four-month exhibit at Oregon Historical Society. Thank you to Carrie and Becky Timchuk and the Austin family. Um, for making sure that our story was told and that exhibit has traveled around and continues to be shared. Um, in April, we hosted the virtual Nike Youth Games and we had classrooms across the state participating in activities um, that promote health and fitness um, in a unified way. And so we were thrilled to continue to partner with Nike on that. Um, if it, I can jump in yes, for a second please. with that, um, <laughs> there were <laughs> there were uh, several staff that got to go make deliveries of some activity kits yes. that we created for those virtual um, month-long curriculum, and it was so fun to show up at the office, drop those off, and see teachers who then had video reveals of athletes opening up all these activity packs that they got to use for the next month, whether it be basketball, soccer balls, uh, stuff for dance curriculum. It was really cool to see. So definitely one of those COVID pivots. Right, right. We had a lot of COVID, COVID pivots that um, I think have made us actually stronger, um, although I don't want to go through it again. <laughs> Um, youth game, or I'm sorry, not youth games, but USA games. Uh, I mean, I, I'll let you guys tell that story. Uh, so Lucy, um, tell us a little bit about your experience this summer because you got to represent Team Oregon at the 2022 Special Olympics USA games in Orlando, Florida. It was very life-changing experience getting to compete on with all the other athletes and seeing other athletes from Haiti, the Haiti and the Caribbean. And it was fun being on a national stage, walking in the opening ceremonies, doing the parade of athletes and seeing what, what, what weird competition is like when you go to these games. And it was a great honor. And if I could do it again, I would sign up for it tomorrow. Is on, this your next plug? <laughs> yeah, on next week, I can just do it if I, if I were able to do it again, I would sign up for it again, or next week, or even next summer. Were you nervous to be a part of Team Oregon's delegation no. at such a big event? No. I, I wasn't nervous because I've been on the stage and stuff, and I don't. It was just a very fun experience for me and my family to 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 experience me going to Florida and yep. Well, you did a great job representing and uh, joined by your fellow athletes. We had 40 delegates go, so we had athletes, unified partners, coaches, and staff that made up our delegation. You were part of which team? Team Oregon. Uh, which sport? Um, the swimming, Team Oregon swimming. And uh, what's that on your neck that you're wearing right there? I got the silver medal in the women's yeah. 25 freestyle in my individual event and then we got a team we got a ribbon in the team relay and then i got a fourth place in the backstroke i think one of the cool things too um about our our organization that a lot of people maybe don't realize is the trajectory and so talking about usa games 
you know, not every athlete gets to participate at the national level, but it allows every athlete to really dream big about competing on a national stage and even an international stage with world games. But leading up to that, you know, we had an entire summer season. Um, we had regional competitions across the state in 11 um, different events. Um, we, and, and we also had, uh, in the fall, regional competitions and a state competition. And so athletes were able to participate in bocce, golf, athletics, volleyball, swimming, soccer. I mean, there's so much. Bowling, thank you. Um, so there's all these different sports happening across the state in every county, every program in our schools. And that culminates in regional competitions. And then um, in the fall, we were able to have our first state competition at Providence Park um, since 2017, which was so exciting. What was the energy like in the stadium, Luce? People were cheering. People were, there were family members, friends, or the general public mm -hmm. were there. You, you can walk in and you can see the exhibits from the 50 years of um, Special Olympics Oregon. There were food you can purchase at the stands. You can make you can make posters for the the athletes, like support the athletes, go team. It was very fun being with all my friends and things are getting back to normal. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's huge, the getting back to normal. 2022 felt a bit like a big family reunion. Like we had been separated and we'd tried to stay connected and got really creative with some of the things we did. We have a program called Soar Active that during COVID created this health and wellness fitness community uh, that now has nearly 2,000 members and daily programming. And that is a legacy from COVID, but nothing beats seeing each other in person in real 3D and getting to experience sport and the joy of seeing your friends together out there on the field of play. And so, Lucy, congratulations on your accomplishments at USA Games. I thought uh, we had a really successful return to play in the summer that just built in the momentum by fall. Being at Providence Park for our fall state games was a great way to cap off 2022. So, You know, another activity that I think people would love to hear about um, was Damian Lillard, mm -hmm. who has just been an incredible Special Olympics supporter. He uh, is a, a global ambassador, so does a lot of work with our national and international organization, but he certainly has a special love for our program in his backyard and invited, I think it was about 20 or 30 of our athletes were able to go out to one of his um, Formula Zero camps. And he had some of the top high school recruits from around the country um, at a camp and invited Special Olympics athletes out to participate for about a two hour window. And it was just magic. It was so much fun. And a lot of these I was going to say campers, which makes them sound like six-year-olds, but um, the high school athletes that were a part of the camp, um, I mean, they're going to go on to be pro players. Like These are some of the best players in the country. And watching them interact with our athletes and our athletes, you know, schooling them sometimes and showing them their moves and participating in drills and just the energy in that room and the gymnasium was just incredible. And so... Um, I mean, we, I don't know that we can ever have a, a conversation without giving a little bit of a shout out to Dame for the love that he always shows our athletes. It's very authentic and, and genuine. Yeah, I agree. Authentic, I think, is the right word when we talk about the relationship he has with Special Olympics at mm -hmm. the global level, but then in Oregon as well. He really takes care of us here locally. Yeah. So.
there's plenty of media moments, but then there's plenty of moments where there's no cameras rolling and it's not about that for him, which is just very appreciated. Um, and then we've had some other things. We had plane pole. Um, were you at plane pole? Did you do that event? No. Oh, it's so fun. It's out at McMinnville Evergreen uh, Airspace Museum. And Subaru is the presenting partner. And we have people sign up from all over the state and pull, you know, sign up as teams. And they pull a plane and raise money for Special Olympics. And so that's been a really fun event. Um, and then we had our Nike Youth Games again in person on the Nike campus, which was so exciting. And it's a great entry point into our mission um, for kids to experience the, the thrill of sport. And um, we certainly love Nike and all of their employees who come out and volunteer. Well, uh, we talked a little bit about Damian Lillard and he plays for the Portland Trailblazers. Do you have uh, favorite sports teams in Oregon? I like the Portland Timbers. You do? Yeah. Do you have a favorite player or a favorite memory from the Timbers? I like my favorite, my favorite memory was when we were at the training camp last spring. We got to go see the Portland Timbers play. Mm -hmm. And we, I remember Timber Joey, he came to the, the hotel and he's just a all-around good person because yes. he likes, he supports the mission of um, Special Olympics Oregon. Yeah, he's definitely been another friend of the program over the years, super supportive, and uh, that was really cool for him to come out and give some inspirational words at our Team Oregon training camp as you were first getting prepared to go to Florida a few months later. Um, Lucy, talk a little bit about how you got started with Special Olympics Oregon. What was your first practice like? when you? The first Special Olympics, I did unified basketball when I was my senior year in high school, and then we did that, and then I pursued that through college. And then the first Special Olympic Oregon practice was I did swimming, skiing, and basketball. And it was a very fun experience going to the first practice, seeing everybody there who were in the same similar situation as you. They all had disabilities. So you weren't the only one. And I fit in very quickly. I made friends easily. And it was fun, like competition and being with friends. And where did you go to high school? Wilson High School, now it's called Ida B. Wells High School, Portland Public Schools. Gotcha. And, and so from your Unified Champion Schools, Unified Basketball experience, I know you uh, participated in a program at Portland State University. Talk a little bit about uh, your education there, but then also how you got to do Unified Sports. So I was in a four-year program for students who, who experienced disabilities and there was a four-year program and I was one of the first six pioneers to graduate from this program in, on June 14, 2020 at the height of the pandemic. So, and then how I found out about they had a unified college team on the university campus. So that's how I got involved and pursued it through college and, and stuck with it ever since. And I'm still friends with the people and the coaches and the other unified partners and it was, it has been a very good ex experience. And we also played another unified champion high school, Pacific University. Yeah, and from there, other universities now want to get in on it. They're having so much fun, but really PSU and Pacific out in Forest Grove were the pioneers of that. And congratulations on being part of that first graduating class. I know we had uh, some of your fellow Special Olympics 
uh, teammates that were also involved. And uh, I just remember when we heard the announcement of the group of you graduating from PSU, what a, what a cool achievement that was, and I think has blazed a trail for others to follow. Yeah. Awesome. Um, what's your favorite sport? I like downhill skiing. Downhill skiing. Do you like to go fast? I like to go. Just take my time okay. through the course, but <laughs> yeah. still do it, but still go fast, but don't go too yep, fast. Yep, good if, you, if you go fast, you Love lose it. control, and then that's how you get hurt. And injuries happen. Smart. Smart. So, and so um, do you have one favorite moment from all of your Special Olympics my, experiences? Yes, my favorite memories was going on the on the charter bus up to Bend, Oregon for the state competition in 2017. Waking up at five in the morning, my mom taking me to the drop-off location and being with my fans and eating and having breakfast on the bus and staying in the hotel up on Matt Bachelor and Bachelor Village in Bend and going to the competition and then the dance and the, the awards. I wish like it can come back, downhill skiing can come back. Yeah, so our snow sports, uh, we, we suspended, we made some financial decisions in 2017-2018 uh, to uh, contract some of our sports. We do have some of our programs that are returning at a training only level. And as we build back, we'll consider what sports to return. I know there are some passionate skiers and snowboarders out there uh, on the Alpine side, as well as our Nordic side of cross country and snowshoes. So. I'm with you. I love winter sports as well. I got a silver medal in the downhill skiing, and then the year after that, I got bronze medals in the downhill skiing. Awesome. I have a question. Can I interject? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mentioned the dance. Yeah, I love the dance. So, Special uh, Olympic dances. Tell us about that, because I don't know if a lot of people, um, if unless you're connected to Special Olympics, you might not know how big of a deal the dance so, parties okay. are. So the dance are so... So much fun, you get all dressed up, you wear your beautiful dress or whatever you want to wear. People wear medals, people wear the game uniforms, whatever you want to wear. For me personally, I love, I, love, I love to go all out, wear my dress, wear my jewelry, wear my beautiful corsage, and look my best. And you owe a sparkle. Yep. You got the sparkle going. So like <laughs> the dance is usually after competitions and there's a DJ, they play lots of music and everybody's it's like going, it's like what Mark was saying, it's like going to a big family reunion. Mm -hmm. It's like a, a big dance party, everyone's having fun and all the music, it's like everyone's all pumped up, partying the night away. Who's the best DJ we've had? Kathy Hens' son. Sean? <laughs> yeah. Sean Hens, yep. Sean Hins is one of our Special Olympics athletes. Sean was actually invited this summer. He didn't um, travel with Team Oregon, but he was at USA Games because he was uh, invited to perform during the opening ceremony that was aired on ABC and ESPN. He sang with Sarah Bareilles, a uh, recording artist, as well as Disney's um, Voices of Liberty. And he sang with the anthem and then with the group in a couple of the 
acts during the show and did an amazing job. He also got to perform a little bit throughout the week. And so he was definitely showcased for his talents. And what was great is Sean was part of Team Oregon in 2018. So for him, it was a return, but this time off the field of play. He was also a swimmer at the 2018 USA Games where he earned medals while the competition took place up in Seattle. Uh, one thing I want to discuss when we think about some of the stories you've told, Lucy. So Special Olympics Oregon serves individuals with intellectual disabilities from age eight, you can start competing for the rest of your life. We've got this wide array of sports over three different sports seasons. And then we um, offer events within each sport for various ability levels. And we offer traditional competitions, so individuals with intellectual disabilities uh, competing solely against themselves. And then we also offer unified sports, so individuals with and without intellectual disabilities on the field to play together. So when you talk about unified sports basketball, we would have three Special Olympics athletes, two unified partners, teammates, and then the rules apply to all as long as you've got that ratio on the courts. And what's great is within our unified champion schools at the high school level, we've been able to partner with OSAA to create all sorts of interscholastic opportunities. So we have league play throughout the basketball season. We're in basketball season now. And so as athletic directors and uh, special ed directors work within their schools that participate with us, and we have schools all over the states, they will schedule games and sometimes in conjunction with a JV or a varsity game to share the same court, work with uh, their schedules so that they can offer unified sports competition. Then we have culminating tournaments that are hosted by Special Olympics at the end of the season. We do one in Wilsonville, another one in Corvallis. And, and then the top two teams from each of those tournaments create a final four and we work with OSAA and then they embed us at in the past, it's been either the 4A or 5A tournament and we get to be part of a Special Olympics semifinals final game that is part of that state championship experience. So really cool opportunities. It's exciting that while you were at Wilson, which is now Ida B. Wells, you got to experience some of that, but uh, we've just yep. been really proud of. Yep, we did compete at Wilsonville High School. Yeah, you were part of that tournament. So that's where we are right now in the, the season. Um, I think Brits, you know, we have so many partners that we work with, and I know we've mentioned some. Um, are there relationships that are really elevating the work that we do? And I know we're gonna leave somebody out, so apologies right now, but uh, we'll, we'll try to highlight some of them for sure. I think one that we haven't talked about is LETR. Um, so we- Which stands for? Which stands for Law Enforcement Torch Run. And, um, and it's, it's really law enforcement officers and, and personnel. Um, it's a global movement and it started, what, was it 20 years ago about? Oh, I think probably 35 30 years now. Yeah. I was, so, it, and it started with one officer and I think it was Oklahoma City. Wichita, Kansas. Wichita, Kansas, of course, I'm always just off. Um, in Wichita, Kansas, who decided to do a run to raise money for Special Olympics athletes, and they ran a torch into the stadium for summer games. And long story short, this movement just continued to, to grow and blossom, and it's now in almost every country. It's in every state. And so we work very closely with Oregon's law enforcement 
Um, they partner with us on Polar Plunge and Plain Pull. Um, they do events like Tip a Cop at different restaurants where they'll serve the food and then you tip the officers and the money goes to Special Olympics. Um, but one of the most important things for them, they go to our competitions and they place the medals around our athletes' necks. And one of the most poignant things I heard from one of our officers about why they do this, because they have busy schedules and are stretched thin, and I'm sure at the end of the day they're exhausted like most of us are, but what a demanding profession. But you know, they all say when you wake up in the morning, nobody wants law enforcement to be a part of their day but sometimes you need them. And with our athletes, they don't need them at our competitions, they want them there. And they get so excited because, have you ever had an officer yep. put a medal around your neck? So you tell about it. I'd... These two medals. Right? Yeah. And so at the end of your competition, they were there and supported you and... It just brings the law enforcement relationship with the person with the disability relationship. Yeah, it builds like the relationship between them, laws, law enforcement and people with disabilities so they know who law enforcement is. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, so that's a special one. Um, partners, I think of Clackamas Federal Credit Union and one of the best stories out of the last couple of years, they, um, they always support our Polar Plunge. And Aaron Goff, who is their CEO, is like the godfather of the Oregon Super Plunge. He, every year, does our Super Plunge where you sleep in a tent. Um, last year it was at Willamette Park and you start plunging Friday at noon and you go every single hour for 24 hours. Until the next morning. Until the, river. Until the next morning. Yeah, and then it kicks off, the last super plunge kicks off the Portland Polar Plunge. And so Aaron does this every year with a bunch of his staff. They raise thousands and thousands of dollars for Special Olympics athletes. But last year they did a plunge passport and so in addition to doing the super plunge, they went to every single plunge market. So on some Saturdays, they were actually driving, you know, from like Corvallis to Eugene to do a double plunge and it's just incredible. Um, so a lot of, a lot of great supporters that, that we have. Yeah, huge commitment and, you know, shout out to the super plungers who really, that is dedication at next level as far as raising awareness and, you know, the camaraderie that they experience and then share that to, I think, pump up the energy for that Portland plunge in general. Jersey Mike's has been a really fun story that has unfolded over the last few years. Um, they do a month of giving every March and then that uh, culminates into a day of giving the last Wednesday of March and um, they've chosen consistently most of the stores in Oregon choose Special Olympics as the beneficiary and so in March you go and buy a sandwich and you can make a donation and at the register and then on the last Wednesday the day of giving all of the sales goes to Special Olympics and we've raised almost two hundred thousand dollars a year over the last few years um, through our Jersey Mike's partnership. And then they're always the first to jump when we need to fuel our athletes yeah. for a, a lunch or a meal. I'm sure you've they, had your fair share of sandwiches. Yes. <laughs> At the training camp, they had us catering Jersey Mike's for the training camp. So after our practice, we would go to the conference room and eat our yummy sandwiches yummy. Yeah. yeah they're great uh you know some other partners that uh we've mentioned but uh, we could highlight the portland timbers and thorns fc we've done a 50 50 raffle with them at the stadium and we've also uh worked with them as a host 
for our Fall State games. We've had unified soccer exchange matches with Special Olympics Washington, where Special Olympics Oregon Timbers play Special Olympics Washington, usually around one of those Cascadia matches, which are really fun. Uh, Oregon Youth Soccer has uh, stepped up to support us with coach education. Oregon Athletic Coaches Association. Mm -hmm. uh, again, we could name every school district okay. that we've been working with around the states, uh, parks departments throughout the um, state of Oregon have been phenomenal. There's so many folks. Uh, again, Sport Oregon, we appreciate you shining a light on us, partnerships uh, over the years and opportunities to have those conversations as well. Um, so Britt, you know, your passion shines through in your work and we've talked about working with partners. Um, you know, how rewarding is all that work you do, uh, working with folks to support, how rewarding is it to impact the lives of so many individuals with intellectual disabilities in Oregon and their families. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, you know, we serve thousands of people. And so I hope that in my career here, I get to know each and every athlete and every family. You certainly know. I feel like you walk into a room and everybody's like, Mark, you, you know. But, I've been around a little while. <laughs> you've been around a little longer, but you know, in my time here, I have gotten to know a lot of our athletes and families. And when you make those personal connections and you start to hear their stories and um, you, you really understand that sport, it's not just a hobby for our athletes. It's not just, oh great, you know, you have a, a soccer practice or a basketball practice. Because sometimes I think people can think of that as, oh, you know, if, if, you, if you can do it, great. And if you can't, it's not the end of the world. It is. For our athletes, it is the end of the world if they don't have that. It is so important, the role that sport plays in their life. Um, and I think that's what's touched me the most, is it's not just a hobby. It is such a fundamental part of their well-being, their ability to be healthy, um, camaraderie, belonging to community. Um, you know, Lucy, you yeah. mentioned the friendships when you when you come to practice and you, you know, you're part of a team, and to just be connected to your friends, and for families to connect. You know, where you know they've gone through a lot of the same things, and so there's just this you know commonality that is really meaningful. Um, I just it, it is it is the most important rewarding work that I've been blessed to be a part of. I I love it. And I, I never feel like I'm going to work. Can you relate to that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it definitely to uh, underscore the, the impact of sport in the lives of Special Olympics athletes, I think COVID revealed that. Mm -hmm. The social isolation alone was really hard for everybody. I think it's magnified for many of our athletes who, uh, if you don't have that next place to go or people to support or the ability to connect in organized structured ways. And again, we got creative with virtual, but that human experience, yeah. that shared camaraderie that sport brings. And that leads me to a question for you, Lucy. Um, coaches have such a, an important part to play in our Special Olympics athletes' lives, and they're volunteers. So we ask for volunteers to step up in many ways. We are county-based local programs for our adult programming. So we work with schools, Unified Champion Schools, but then we also have community-based programs throughout Oregon. And we have management teams of individuals that put countless hours of volunteer time to support 
but really it's our coaches who we recruit and train to work with athletes that make that weekly impact, sometimes more than once a week impact. Who are some of the coaches that have made a difference in your life, Lucy? I think the coaches who went to the USA Games, they were helping everybody get to get to do the best. They were supportive. They were there for you every step of the way till the day we left for Florida. And then, and then I think Joe and Mark are the big players because they they support me and they are they are for everyone on the playing field. And they are there for everybody off the playing field. So they are very supportive. I'd be curious about coaches that you had when you first started as an athlete, because they're the ones that probably got you hooked on sport. And so when you first, if you can think back to when you first joined as an athlete, how, what is the role that coaches played in making you feel like, oh, I can do this. And this is a place where I belong. They were cheering for us on the sidelines and mm -hmm. I don't remember the names. That's okay. They were cheering for us on the sidelines and they were like that second support. Yeah. Aside from your parents. So in addition to getting to compete on the field and be part of that team, you were recently invited to join another team. And so congratulations on uh, being invited to be part of the Athlete Leadership Council. Uh, what's that been like? It's been very a good experience and I get to advocate for athletes who can't speak for, I get to advocate for other people and advocate for the future of um, Special Olympics Oregon and what that will look like for the future generations of athletes who will join Special Olympics Oregon in the next 10 or 15 years. So we, I'm paving the path for other people. So speaking of paving the path, what are you looking forward to most in 2023? I'm looking forward to competitions in track, getting back into track and field and getting, looking forward to going back to Corvallis where we had our competition for track and field, summer state games where we stayed in the dorms at Oregon State University. I'm looking forward to getting back. Lucy, how has being a part of the Athlete Leadership Council and just Special Olympics Oregon in general has that helped you in other areas of your life? I know you, you work at Safeway yeah. um, in terms of just confidence or leadership. Like, how, how has that impacted your life? Like, how impact? Um, like, has sport helped you uh, with confidence or responsibility or just what are the lessons you've learned? I think it helped me with my, my leadership skills mm -hmm. and when we think about Special Olympics Oregon, we are very thankful to have Special Olympics Oregon in the States. But when we look at other countries, they don't have other people in foreign countries or overseas who, who do experience a physical or intellectual disability. They don't have what we have. Right. So I wanted to be, send that message so they can have a opportunity to play in Special Olympics or compete at the national level. Because some people who have disabilities don't get that opportunity or they are sheltered in a environment or isolated. So I think it has helped me with my leadership skills and my teamwork skills. I think after going to college for four years has paved the path. And tell me about your, your job. Because currently I work at Safeway by the Lloyd Center. I'm a part-time 
courtesy clock. I help customers shop. I do go bags. I put shopping carts. I take the trash out. I organize the markdown basket, the 50% off basket. I like organizing that. Yep, and work with a diverse group of people. That's it's great. One thing I know about uh, word from your employer, because we had to work on your schedule when we went to Florida, is Lucy is always on time. You yeah. never are late. No, never late. And so it was a big deal for you to have to organize uh, a trip. And get time off. Week, and get time off. I had to get the time off of work. I bet they missed you. And I, I had to get the time off of work, and I had to let them know about the training camp and last spring, so. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Lucy, good luck with your upcoming sports trainings and competitions. Look forward to seeing where you're going to take Special Olympics with the Athlete Leadership Council. That group is really important as far as making sure that we are in touch with what our athletes are hoping to see within our programs, but also making sure there's great representation too of your fellow Athlete Leadership Council members are actually on our Special Olympics Board of Directors. So we have a board that's roughly 25 individuals from around the state uh, with two Special Olympics athletes as part of that group. So advocacy at all levels is really important for us as a movement. Um, so as uh, we wind down the podcast today, uh, I think there's probably some call to action that we want to talk about, Britt. What are ways that corporations, other organizations, uh, can get involved and step up to help support Special Olympics Oregon? Yeah, well, there's so many ways. Um, you know, we've got a lot of events. So companies are always looking for ways to connect with their customers or have a presence in the community. And, you know, through our fundraising events, whether it's Polar Plunge or Plane Pull, um, there's sponsorship opportunities, but more importantly, there's ways to get your employees involved. And I think, you know, talking about COVID and where we've all been kind of disconnected, those are great ways to bring people together and to have fun and to just kind of get outside of your, your work world a little bit. And so, you know, putting together a team for Polar Plunge where you, you know, you run into the river together, you raise some money together. It's a really fun way to support athletes. Um, volunteering at events so going out to our regional competitions or volunteering as a coach like we talked about is a great way to be involved um we're always you know we're always looking for partners and uh we've got incredible platforms whether it's our regional competitions our school programs our health initiatives so i think the key for us is always finding ways that our values and the, the things that our mission represents connects with the values of a company. And so we'd love to sit down and, and talk to employers about, you know, what they're trying to accomplish and how we can come alongside of them. Because, you know, like Lucy shared, we, you know, we represent people statewide at every age group and, and finding a place for people in the community is really important. And so that typically resonates with companies. Um, you know, another thing that we didn't talk about is just legislators and the support that we get from the state of Oregon with state funding. We've been a recipient of state funding for four years now, which um, we're incredibly grateful for. And we have support on both sides of the aisle and we, we appreciate that. Um, yeah, and what's great in conversations with our legislators is just the recognition that the work we do mm -hmm. has an impact yeah. and, and that we are providing service 
that has measurable outcomes, especially when we talk about our unified champion schools. You know, there's really three um, pillars. And so not only is there unified sport, but there's athlete leadership and then there's school-wide engagement. So we're impacting hundreds of thousands of students with awareness that leads to direct results in reduction in bullying, higher school performance, better job outcomes, higher graduation rates amongst our unified champion schools. And these are measurable stats. And health advocacy. Are appreciated. And so that's been exciting to be able to work with and add that to our partner list. Absolutely. Now we've had support at every level of of government, which has been incredible. So, yeah. Well, um, I think one other partnership that we can talk about before we wrap up is uh, Sport Oregon has uh, a program, She Flies. It's an initiative to uplift girls and women through sport. Um, and, and I'm just curious, Britt, you know, being someone who's seen professional sport as well as amateur sport, grassroots sports. Um, how does the work that Sport Oregon Sheep Flies align with the work that we're doing with Special Olympics Oregon? Oh, well, I just, I, I mean, sport to me is the great equalizer, right? It, it, you know, being able to achieve your best and really empower people. And um, one of the things that I, I love is just women supporting women too, you know, being able to, you know, really help lift people up and, um, I just, Sport Oregon, the, the work that they do in our community and specifically through the She Flies program, um, I'm so grateful. I think back on, on my life and I can't imagine what that would look like without sport and um, being able to use that to empower young girls, young women, up and coming leaders um, is really, really important. Yeah, and I think the timing's interesting when we think about uh, inclusive sport and the Special Olympics movement that started in the late 60s with Eunice Kennedy Shriver in Oregon, 1972, was our founding year. That was also when Title IX started. Uh, And so a father of two daughters uh, who are student athletes right now in high school, uh, the power of sport, I'm biased in that I grew up with a father who was a high school athletic director. Like I've always seen the value of sport, but I think the value of inclusion or opportunity is as critical. And so that's the work we continue to do. We know there's many individuals with intellectual disabilities and those without who can be part of our unified programs that sport as an opportunity leads to all these other great experiences and outcomes. And so, just want to thank Sport Oregon again for this opportunity to share and uh, learn a little bit more about you, Lucy. I know we've got to spend a lot of time mm-hmm. traveling in airplanes, hanging out at hotels, but I'm always learning new stuff uh, and just really proud of your accomplishments over this past year. Can't wait to see what you're going to do in the future. I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Lucy. Thanks, Britt. That's it for episode eight of Sport Oregon Voices. 2022 was an incredible year for us at Special Olympics Oregon, but 2023 is shaping up to be even more transformational. We hope you'll consider engaging with us at any of the events we've discussed today. If you want to support our athletes and give them opportunities to demonstrate courage, experience joy, and share in the gifts of sport, join our community. You won't regret it. From all of us at Sport Oregon and Special Olympics Oregon, Happy New Year.